Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. Hi, it's Lloyd Spence, and as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new and updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and content, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So, head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your, I still can't believe it, 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Look, don't forget to use promo code NFL100. It's BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Tell them the noisemaker station. Popcorn World. Kendrick Haskins, Charlie Ward, and me. See what I did there? See how I put together those little ditties like that? Little nice little rhyme to start we the show. Poet, we didn't know it. I know. Well, I was aware. You guys weren't. I was totally aware of it. Uh, but it's good to see. <laughs> that is Charlie Ward over there. That is Kendrick Haskins down there. Both of them are Hall of Famers in their own right. One of them won a Heisman Trophy. I'll let you guess which one. It's up to you if you guess. Um, it's a very one of them, theme going on between Charles. I was gonna say one of them is dressed like Superfly and the other is dressed like Shaft. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's going on tonight. We got a seventies theme going. I, I feel like I should have brought out my afro. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> what's happening right here? But to my brothers, how y'all doing tonight? We good. I'm doing well, sir. Good. Good. Well, listen, Charlie. Listen. I know you're in a good place tonight because 
Your beloved Knowles did something they hadn't done in quite some time. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into that in a minute. I know you're in Boston, a good place. <laughs> no, no, not that. We ain't talking about that yet. Talk about other things yeah, that they've done. Funny. We'll get to that later. We'll talk about that later. But we'll go, we're, we're focusing on the positive right now. Focusing on the party and the party crashes. That's what we're doing. And uh, I feel like this week, man, the ACC championship could be decided. The game should be decided this week. Um, what a weekend is we had this week where uh, you guys beloved Sam Howell once again led a feverish comeback, but this time he fell short to who I think is going to be the ACC player of the year, the runaway ACC player of the year, Kenny Pickett. I can agree with that. Yeah. With that, yeah. So uh, they got the victory 30-23 in overtime, right? That was an overtime victory, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, And in addition to that, we had NC State uh, being held off by Wake Forest in what what, uh, was really a very – if you like offense, it was a very entertaining game. And Wake Forest, true to theme – Kept that theme alive and that, hey, we can't stop anybody, but you can't stop us either. <laughs> so I think we predicted a shootout for that game. We predicted a shootout for that game. Uh, and Sam Harmon didn't have his best game. He was 20 of uh, 47 and, and um, threw three interceptions, but he did th- throw three touchdowns. And, man, uh, the kid from uh, NC State, Leary, uh man, he did everything he could to try to get that game. Four hundred and eight quarters. Huh? Leary, he's really good in fourth quarters of games. He's good on the back side of a game. You can count on him on the back, maybe not so much in the front side, but on the back side, he's gonna give you what you need. But he he uh he did his thing, man. And uh man, he what's better than one one hundred yard receiver? Two. And he threw uh to Emizi and Carter. And they almost pulled off the upset, man. Well, I don't know if that's been an upset, but they almost pulled off the the, the win, if you will, uh, and and got uh, Wake Forest. But Wake Forest was able to hold on, man, and they and they held out. So now we it puts us in an interesting place because Wake Forest is nine and one in the Atlantic, and uh, Pitt is uh, eight and two in the Coastal. And they sit firmly in the driver's seat. And to everybody's prediction uh, at the beginning of the year, this looks like it's going to be your ACC championship game. I'm sure we all had that written down on the paper somewhere. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> but, gentlemen, what are your thoughts to where we are? And, uh, well, let's talk about what has happened first, and then we'll go into what can happen. Well, I mean – we didn't predict this at the beginning of the season, but I think probably about midway through, we kind of figured that this is how it was going to pan out. I think both of them, both of them are in the situation this coming Saturday when win and you're in. And Wake Forest has a little tougher hill, hill uh, climb playing at Clemson. But uh, I, I think they're going to take care of business. I think that's going to be our ACC championship game. Okay. All right. Charlie? Or uh, Shaft? 
I'm just, uh, it, it'll be interesting. I know the game will be a very good game with Wake Forest Clemson just because Clemson plays good defense. Uh, however, uh, they they can be scored upon. Um, and Clemson's offense is hard to read them because they, they, they're like not very good, but they find ways to manufacture stuff. Uh, just enough to to win games, um, and so it'll be interesting to see, you know, which which uh, offense uh, or can Clemson's defense contain our Wake Forest offense, and can Wake Forest defense stop? Clemson from scoring too many points to where they 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 can't win the game uh, on the well, road. Well, that brings me to I guess the question that I have uh, for both of you in regards to Wake Forest uh, and Pitt because uh, this week um, Wake Forest goes on the road to Clemson, like we said, and Virginia comes to Pitt. Now Virginia. Well, we don't know where Brendan Armstrong is. He may play, he may not. He didn't play this last game, and we saw what happened with that. We'll get to that here in a minute. But um, it, I think it's clear what will happen if Brendan is not there, a healthy Brendan is <laughs> right. not there. Right. But if he's there, these are not games, I think, that are gimmies, but they kind of are games that are gimmies, if you understand what I'm saying. Like, it feels like they're both in the driver's seat. Um, both of them are experiencing some weird scoring issues right now because I thought Pitt's defense was better, a little bit better earlier in the season. And this last, now in this back half of the season, they seem people be, seem to be finding the end zone on them. Um, They've so, been inconsistent on defense all year. Like, they'll have a good game, and then they'll have a game where they give up. Right, 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 right. They've been wildly inconsistent. So uh, my question is, can they can Pitt also find enough to get to the finish line? Um, and do you believe in Pitt and Wake Forest as like is because it's right there? And I think you're going to see two focused teams this weekend. But is that enough? Is that enough to get them to the finish line in the Atlantic and in the Coastal? Well, I mean, you know. Uh... I think Pitt, I still believe in, you know, the pick kid. Um, I think he's just not going to allow them to lose with, for for whatever reason. You know, he finds a way to keep keep them ahead of, ahead of the chains, keep them, you know, winning games. And so um, regardless of what his defense does, they play better. I mean, they held them to too many three points, you know, so it yeah. wasn't like a barrage of, Scoring, um, so it'd be interesting. Doesn't concern you that they couldn't, that they didn't, uh, they didn't score in the second half at all. I don't know. The North Carolina's defense is not a juggernaut. No, but they yeah. they, they are capable of playing defense. It's not like they they're well, bad. They just gave up 55, 52 points though, Charlie. <laughs> but they can change overnight. And plus, plus it was like uh, wasn't it raining? 
I think it was raining. Yeah. yeah. I think they had some some weather issues as well. So that's okay. why uh, the game probably wasn't as high scoring as it possibly could have been. Um, so, that, I mean, that plays a big part. But I'm like I said, I, I think Pitt, they do have enough to be able to get them across the finish line from a defense standpoint. Um, they just got to go out and make it happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, it depends on a lot. Depends heavily on who's playing quarterback for Virginia. If even you know, if their starter doesn't come back, if Armstrong doesn't come back, then I, I mean, I have total faith in Pitt. And then even if they lose that game, they're at Syracuse next week. And from what I saw from Syracuse last week, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Yeah, that was a weird game too. Which, we, like I said, we're getting in, into all of those and uh, here in a second. But I guess. My concern for both Pitt and 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 uh, Wake Forest is exact. It's just defense. It's can their defenses hold up? Because I mean, sixteen points is not a lot, but it is a lot. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's like they they play defensively, well, offensively bad enough to where they kept being put off the field by North Carolina. And again, it was raining, so you got to take that in consideration. But at the same time, I'm I am a little concerned that that fatigue may be setting in. You never know at the end of the end of the year. You, are you are you tired? Are you starting to like? Do you have enough to get to the finish line? That's that's. Is there enough gas in the tank to get to the finish line from both teams? Like I'm, I think I'm more concerned about that for Wake Forest than I am for Pitt. Because I think Kenny Pickett is playing for more than just a championship. Like, I think he sees his future now. You know, this is a kid who's probably backed his way into a high, the Heisman race at this point with what he's doing. And then also, um, he's, I mean, maybe first round, late first round pick, second round. I think he's a first round pick. Yeah, I mean. Because the quarterback draft isn't that. It's a, it's a, it's a poor quarterback draft. So, Kenny Pickett's name seems to be coming up on a lot of lists right now. But he's 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 definitely uh, pro pro quarterback. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, is I, I guess the good part about it is he, he he won't have to. He can stay on the field to get the oh, play. Here it comes. Here <laughs> I know it's coming. Here it comes because <laughs> they call the plays into your helmet, so he always loses. <laughs> Hold his helmet here so he can hear. <laughs> having to run to the sideline to get the play, and run back on the field. He's probably going. He's probably going to be like in heaven. Why do you hate them so? Why do you hate them? That's what they do, Charlie. It's a it's a tactic. And it's also a way to get them rest. Maybe it's a way to get them rest. Yeah, who rests? The quarterback. The players. He's the one that's running. How's that? I'm talking about the other players, the other players, like the linemen. The one that's making the decisions need to be rested. (laughs) (laughs) Not not the folks that's going to try it, Charlie. Yeah, they're doing that thing. You need the the one that's going to be pulling the trigger on everything to be resting, focusing. All this running back to the sideline to get the play. More breaking news by Charlie Ward. It's just uh, all right, Charlie. I, I can't. I wish I could defend him. I can't. I hope. I hope he can. I hope he can um, 
navigator's way, he'll probably be like thanking, thanking the Lord for get being in the pros, so he don't have to keep running. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Thanking the Lord. Hilarious. All right, so let's look at this thing, really. Uh, let's do some what ifs. If Wake Forest and Pitt lose, that uh, Clemson, um, well, Wake Forest is six and zero in the conference. Um, they have to lose would, twice. They have to. Lose they would have to lose twice for. And by the way, even with two losses, Clemson would not be in the driver's seat. I think North Carolina State would because North Carolina State beat Clemson. So even with the loss for – that would put them all at a three-way tie, I guess, Um, because North Carolina State lost to Wake Forest. And then I think it would – that's when it defaults the record. um, Right. So uh, overall record. Wake Forest is – Almost in. They're pretty much. Yeah, in. Wake Forest is pretty much in. They would. It would have to be. I don't. I don't even know if the collapse matters at this point. I think they're pretty much in. Well, you definitely don't want to be collapsing going into. You don't want to be collapsing, <laughs> right? At this point in the season, <laughs> going, right? Going into the championship game, right? You know, you don't want to back your way in. Yeah. Uh, now with Pitt, it's a little bit different because Virginia is four and two in the conference. And Pitt is five and one. Five and one, yeah. Yeah. And so if Virginia beats them head to head, that then puts Virginia even in the driver's seat, even though Pitt has the better record. So first, you know. What is that, Charlie? I said, I'm not sure which one is worse. Like, if, uh, if Pitt should happen to lose, but you know, Virginia is not. This is not a championship quality team, even though they probably earned their right to be there. Yeah. But I don't see them being whoever comes in on the coastal side being a formidable opponent. Right. Well, Pitt, Pitt is interesting to me. If, if if Pitt can win the game and go ahead and finish off Virginia and Syracuse, they are interesting to me because I, I think they can make a, a Wake Forest Pitt ACC championship game, very interesting. I don't think they. I think they have enough defense and enough offense to beat Wake Forest. No, I'm saying I'm hoping Pitt wins. Oh, I see. What you're okay, because Virginia is not going to be a formidable opponent. No, no, Atlantic. Right, they make it to the uh, championship game, and so yeah, that's a, that's a snoozer. Yeah, we just hope that Pitt can go ahead and close the deal. Um, so they can get prepared and ready because I think they'll be the better opponent for whoever. Just out of pure curiosity, to just of what you guys are thinking, does Dabo? Because there's this there's this thing hanging out there, this person hanging out there in the atmosphere that has not declared yet by the name of Arch Manning. Um, and he did take a, an extensive visit uh, to Clemson. Does he do a full court press on Arch Manning and make it a, a full on quarterback competition with Arch and DJ Uyagalele, or does or or do they try to fix all the stuff that's wrong with DJ Uyagalele and make it work? 
Well, for one, you just wanted to say DJ Ugalala. I always want to say DJ. But, I may be the only one outside of Clemson in the country that can say it. I wouldn't go that far. But, Have you heard anybody else say it right? Just about everyone on ESPN. <laughs> they say it wrong every week. You trying to you, now you just mess with me, but it's fine. It's fine. You don't want to give my problems, but it's fine. Anyway, I complimented the Superfly Church, didn't shot I? Shot at Arch Manning, you put on the full court press, no matter who your quarterback is. I I feel like he's going to Ole Miss. It feels like that, but yeah. If, I mean, DJ. I mean, DJ's fine, but if you have a shot at Arch Manning, you gotta go. You have to put on the full court press, regardless. And John, let me be very clear. He is not going to Texas. No. <laughs> that is not going to happen. <laughs> At all. So, I, I want to be very clear about that. So we've seen Clemson set this precedent before. So, uh-huh. you know, with Trevor right. Lawrence. With Trevor Lawrence, right. Uh, yes, and, yes. And whoever was the quarterback at the time, if they weren't getting the job done, they were – Shuffling him in and out, and then all of a sudden they just pull the trigger and say, "Hey, we we go with him." Yeah, <laughs> and you know it was a different team, but of course they had different players and those types of things um, there. But I'm interested to see, you know, is Arch man? I've I've seen him play. Of course, he's coming out of high school, and um, I mean, I I, I hear all the noise, but is he like? Freshman ready? Well, listen, like like with any five-star, highly recruited recruit, all you see is his best efforts. So the only thing I've seen as far as replays was his uh, deep ball. So well, you're he not throws a nice deep ball. Okay. You know what I mean? huh? You're not going to tell anything from, this, from, from the highlights and my highlight film anyway. You got to actually watch, you know, watch their games because, you know, I can edit anything, but <laughs> right. Uh, but the thing is, I mean, it also depends on him if you know if they want to bring if he wants to go in there and compete with DJ and if he can accept that if he doesn't win the starting role and doesn't transfer, then I mean, in the old days, back in our days, bringing a man with DJ going to be a junior next year wouldn't be a big deal. But right. You never know, you never know with the transfer portal these days. It's a totally different ball game. Uh, John, listen to me, man. Listen to me, brother. <laughs> now, the George, I have not heard the George or the Texas. I've heard Ole Miss. I've been mainly hearing Ole Miss. Yeah, I've been hearing Ole Miss more than anybody. And then I saw the visit to Clemson because we're ACC, so I saw the visit to Clemson. Uh, Georgia is a realistic possibility because they're the hot end now. So I, I that wouldn't surprise me. But I just don't believe right now, for whatever reasons, Texas is toxic ground. And nobody wants to do that. So, and it doesn't help when you lose to Kansas. Right. In the greatest 31-point underdog loss in the history of the Big 12. So, and I'm not using hyperbole. That's like a quote. So, um, I I don't think it's going to happen here. Um, At least not without a massive bag. But, but, but... um, I'm just being honest, bro. Right. I but but I don't think it's gonna happen here. But I don't think Arch Manning fixes all Clemson's problems, though. Oh, they need a running game. The run the run game. Yeah, their running game is not very good. Uh, they, they, and, they, I mean, they can recruit. I mean, they can 
But but it's gonna be interesting to see. Do it you, is. Do you think Clemson will start to dip into the transfer portal? Of course. Uh, I I don't think he has a choice. They will. I mean, everybody. Is, yeah, but. I don't think he has a choice. But their philosophy had been that. That hadn't been there. Right. I agree. But but I think what's happening now across the board, be it basketball, be it football, be it whatever the sport is. The, tr- the transfer portal is allowing you to fix what's wrong right now as opposed to training a kid to be better. You can fix your – you can go to free agency and fix and plug the hole right now. And so that's where we are. Um, so I think people are going to lean on – I think – and we talked about this all last year because we saw it coming. I think people are going to lean on free agency – much heavier. It's so much easier to plug and play somebody who already has experience than it is to retrain. You know, here's the quote that 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 sums it all up. I think it was John Calipari that said this. He said, one of the things I forgot about transfer students is that they show up on time. Yeah. And you know why they show well, up on time? He's, he's really They've already done it before. He's saying that about experienced players more so than the transfers, but yeah. Experienced players. Well, yeah, well, I think it was a mix of both, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. When you have experienced players who've been here and done it, right? You 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 cut half the problems, you cut out half the problems right from the start. So I I, I think it's gonna be a thing. And I, I, mean, I can see I can see dipping in. I mean, I'm watching this Louisville game now. I mean, two of the five out there on the floor right now are transfer portal guys. So yeah. So I, I think I think we're gonna see him alter his philosophy just a little bit. Well, yeah, Sometimes you're a victim of your own success, Charles. Yeah, because they got guys leaving. That's the other. That's the other thing. Yeah, right. They got guys leaving, so it, it makes no sense to try to say we're just gonna bring in a freshman. I mean, they do have some guys that's playing now. They're true freshmen, um, and they're having to play and learn, which. You know, they have them really good talent. But at some point, you're going to have to start finding one or two guys. And I think this week they had some wide receivers also get hurt. I think last yeah. week they had some injuries yeah. going yeah. into this, this game here. And so this year they've lost a lot of uh, a lot of their depth uh, or some of their uh, – like they're playing with their depth and, you know, in certain spots. Uh, but I just think at some point he's going to have to, you know, change up that philosophy, even if it's just one or two guys that you got to plug in um, to, quote, unquote, the Clemson way. Right. <laughs> no, that's good. That's a great point. Uh, um, Clemson way, guys. Two two quick questions before we go through the recap and uh, do our picks and stuff. <coughs> Are you guys shocked at the departure of Hassan Hall? At U of L. I mean, someone that's around the program. I mean, I was a little shocked, but not really. I mean, like I said he was he had fallen the third on the depth chart, and arguably maybe even fallen all the way to fourth. And so, the guy who's been there, been there for a while. Is I mean, he's he's had some good moments. He's been um, has some good moments on kick return. He's he was their fastest running back, but I mean, he's been pat. I mean. He's, Last year and the year before that, he was beaten out by Javion Hawkins. And so, 
he coming into this year. I mean, I said it in our preview for the season. I was, I was expecting a good season from him. Well, he got he got beat out again. And so yeah, he, he consistently getting beat out. Then I've been evidently this ain't for you. This school's not for you. So do you think it's a, a bad fit, or do you think it's just there's something? See, I did, I'm gonna be honest with you. And Charlie, I'd love for you to speak to this as well as a coach and as a player. I think it's him. I it, You can only blame people for so long and blame the program for so long, but nobody's – you're fumbling. You're on the field fumbling. I'm not – nobody's making you fumble. You're fumbling. So – I don't know. It, to me, it, it's more but him than it is. No, no, I agree. I agree with that part. But but you're not playing because of the things you're doing. You're not. It's not that they're not. If they were not playing them because of conflict of character or conflict of I'm not getting along with the coach or we're not seeing eye to eye. Okay, I could definitely. You know, it's just a bad fit. Go find a school that works for you. But you're not playing because of you, of what you're not doing on the field. So I don't know. That's just my opinion. I, I, I if you don't learn the lesson, what good is it for you to go? Well, this uh, for the record, I am not shocked by anything anymore. With <laughs> um, all the decisions that people are making in this day and age, I'm not shocked. I mean, it's just. You, you, you have to roll with the punches. So, you know, kids jumping up and leaving, when they leave, it doesn't matter. It can be at the, it can be at the first game. Yeah. Be out the game 10. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're they leaving at all times of night. Um, <laughs> and so I'm just not shocked by any of this stuff anymore. And, you know, it's to a point where we're, we're like um, – Who's next? You know, we got coaches again. Coaches getting fired after two games, three games. Uh, again, coaches fired in the middle of the season, even when they're with a winning record. So I mean, all this stuff doesn't make sense to to the to a normal person. Uh, but I'm not shocked by anything that goes on, and and we made it to a point where there are no consequences for it. Um, you know, if you want to move, you can move. Uh, which has been, you know, good for some teams and good for some players. Uh, and so, I mean, it, it is what it is. But if uh, I'm just still curious, like, you know, I understand some people are moving because of football. But if your aspirations, I mean, if you have aspirations of going to the NFL, I think that's what everybody wants to do. However, everyone's not going to the NFL. So at some point you got to start thinking about man academically, uh, you know where can I get the best degree? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I totally get why why some people leave. I, I'm not saying you know it's wrong. I'm just saying at some point we got to look at outside of more than just football. Yeah. Um, and then who's to say where you go? Seeing this happen, who's to say where you go? You're going to get what you're desiring. You still got to compete for a job, for the most part, or find a spot. Uh, Charlie, can you coach the fumble out of somebody? 
Man, I mean, there's a lot of things you can try to do. I mean, they got so many, uh, you know, drills and all the different things. But, I mean, you know, you can play special teams too. I mean, there in football, there's, there's multiple things you can do outside of just playing one position. Yeah, unless you're the quarterback. You know, mm. sometimes the quarterbacks don't 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 move. But if you're a running back, you can be on all the special teams. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking up his stats just to see. Because I thought he was doing okay. I really thought he was doing okay. I didn't understand. Well, he had the big game against Virginia. He had 14 carries for 162 yards and a touchdown. Okay, so there's a, there's news coming across the ticker that Sam Howell will be a game-time decision now against Wofford. He, ha uh, he has the uh, injury to his ribs, I guess. Um. I guess that shot he took at the end of the game, or or I think it was toward the end of the game, or something like that. They should uh, Wofford. Now, if, they, huh? if they lose to Wofford, then they probably don't need to be playing. <laughs> <laughs> right, they should be able to beat Wofford without Sam. So let him sit out this one. But uh, so that was my thought, and then the other thought I had is, um, and then we'll get into the recap and the predictions. Um, is Wake Forest the last of a dying breed of teams? Because basically Wake Forest is a team that basically kept all their guys for roughly four years, and this is the result of being able to coach them for four years. Is that is is this one of the last times we will ever see a four-year, all-together team going through together for the entirety of their careers? Probably. I mean, because you with this transfer deal, I mean, they did lose the guy that's leading the country. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is the guy that's leading the country in, in Russian. Yeah. Um, Kenneth Walker the third. Yeah. Um, and but and some other kids, you know, left, but they were able to have some super seniors, um, and some other seniors. So they're a veteran laden group. But mm -hmm. I can see, yes, I can see. If you're talking about being there all together, growing up together, like high school, like we used to do in high school, right? I, I would say yes, because now you're you're not seeing, uh, you know, full classes make it that long because you have a few guys transfer out, uh, some may go pro. Um, you know, just different things. And then you have to plug and play uh, guys. And so you can make it a mixture of veteran guys, but they may be coming from somewhere else. Right. But, yeah, so I can see this being like the – I mean, you may you may have this with like the, the, the smaller Division One teams. Yeah, that's what John said. Well, Coastal Carolina and Liberty State, yeah, you know, <laughs> yes, they do. Those types of teams you, you will have. And you see that in basketball as well, but you're starting to see where those best players are getting plucked from those teams and going yeah. to bigger teams, yeah, uh, bigger schools, and they're leaving those leaving those smaller teams, you know, in flux. Yeah. I do have an update on the Hassan Hall story. Ah, okay. Guess what, fellas? What's that? According to ESPN stats. 
in his four years at the University of Louisville, not one fumble. Not one fumble? Not one fumble. So where did the fumble piece come from? Where did the fumble narrative come from then? Because that's I, out there. That's a narrative I had heard too. And I but like I just going went back and look at his stats for all his whole career. Does not have a fumble. Not 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 only is the fumble loss, doesn't have a fumble. Like at all. At all. Well, we need to apologize to that. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I will apologize <laughs> to how it's probably a legitimate reason. I mean <laughs> He's not playing. He's getting. He's, he has that because here's the one that probably sets it off for him. The next game after he had that big game against Virginia, right? Back to the page. He had, so he had 14 carries for you know 100 plus 150 yards plus against Virginia, and then the next game he had like four carries. So the inconsistent playing time. I mean. So wonder what the well I'd be very curious to know where that's coming from. Man. That narrative is that's a that narrative is out there. Strong. He's a fumble. Now is he fumbling in practice? Is that where all the fumbles take place? But in the game he's not? I don't know. Maybe, but they like said um on the season he has thirty eight carries for two hundred and eighty three yards and a touchdown. So most of his most of his carries and yardage came in the one game. 38 carries for 283 yards. Well, that's not good. So, against Virginia, he had 14 carries, 160 yards to touchdown. Very next game, Boston College, who they smacked, four carries for 30 yards. NC State, four carries, 33 yards. And he's getting good yards per carry. <laughs> he's not playing. Clemson, two carries for two yards. That's a weird narrative, then. That's why he's leaving. So, I mean, yeah, that's why he's leaving. I'll, see, this is why you gotta dig deeper. This is why you gotta dig deeper, and not trust always trust the media, which we are. <laughs> but I do trust Kendrick Haskins media. Hey, I, I deliver the goods. He delivers the goods. He delivers. The goods. All right. Well, speaking of delivering the goods, let's jump into uh, the re- the rest of the recap from last week. Um, no surprises with UConn and Clemson. Uh, that was just a beat. They, they gave up uh, uh, a kickoff return. They did give that up, which which I think scared probably scared Dabo to death because he was like, "Oh my God, here we go again." But other than that, that was the only thing. Uh, Syracuse and Louisville. Now I will say this: I was very surprised by this game because I thought Syracuse would have become with a better level of competition in this. But they could not get out of their own way. Louisville scored touchdowns on five of their first six possessions of the game. Yeah, man. 35 to three at halftime. I mean, that game was over and over fast. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what – I'm not sure what happened with Syracuse on this one. Uh, Other than – I mean, maybe Lamar Jackson being there inspired Louisville. But, I mean – that was insane. Doesn't mean it's by far the best they've played all season. Oh, uh, yeah, no question about it. No question about it. His offense is not that dynamic either. And they stopped the run. Louisville's been pretty good against the run all season. And That's they really, true. They, they stuffed Syracuse running back. So That's true. Uh, not a surprise here that, again, if you have any problems with your team and you need to get work some stuff out, work out some aggression, work out some offensive issues, 
Call up Duke. They'll be your team. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> two Jack smacks Duke all around the field. Uh, 48-17. Uh, what what we, go ahead, go ahead, Charlie. But what about Virginia Tech, though? I mean, they've been so wishy-washy. Been oh, they're the pillar of inconsistency. Right. Yeah, I, I, you never know what you're going to get out of Virginia Tech. But it was an easy pick because you knew what you were going to get out of Duke. <laughs> <laughs> and they were, playing, they were playing on the road. And they were right. playing on the road. So it was, it was, that was a no-brainer. Uh, once we heard that Brendan Armstrong was out, with all due respect to Jay Wolf, we kind of knew where this was going. And Notre Dame just was like, oh, freshman quarterback, or as we like to call it, fresh bread. So, <laughs> so they just the poor, I think the poor kid got sacked like seven times. It was something like that. Yeah, it got ugly real fast. Um, no surprises here with Notre Dame and Virginia. Um, once again, the I don't know bowl, uh Boston College and Georgia Tech. Boston College won this one, which I picked that one. I told y'all Boston College. Who's going to pull that one off? But the quarterback, well, their quarterback is back now, so he's made a big difference. That made a big difference. Uh, but that, but that's not the game Charlie Ward wants to talk about. The game Charlie Ward wants to talk about is Miami coming into Florida State and leaving Florida State with the L. Apparently, there's an L now in Miami. <laughs> what kind of L? Charlie, we lost, Charlie, lost. <laughs> Charlie, I give you the floor. Well, this is uh, – I was fortunate to be able to go to the game with my wife, who's a UM alum, law school alum. Oh, that was a quiet That was a quiet ride How's home. How's that ride home? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, some friends of ours, the Birds, they were in town to, to watch the game. And it was a very good game. Um from the standpoint that there were a lot of um, back and forth. Of course, we took an early lead, um, took an early lead, and Miami came storming back in the second half, and they took a lead, which is just par for the course for FSU uh, UM game. Yeah. And um, and so, but the the the, the really. There's, there's two things. Kicking that field goal, the last two possessions for FSU offensively were, you know, a lot of people in the stands were kind of moaning and groaning when he decided to kick the field goal to cut it to five when they were down 28-21 mm. uh, or 28-20 or whatever it was. And, um, yeah, it's 28-20. And he kicked the field goal because he knew that they were going to need two possessions to, to – No matter what. Yeah. Right. And so he took the points. He got down there close enough. And he trusted the defense. I mean, they had been playing well for most of the game. Uh, they gave up some some uh, some points, you know, late. Um, but that was more of a momentum-type deal. You know, Miami, they have good ball players as well. And offensively, defensively, they make, got stops and – Play well, you know, make plays. But the thing that I was most impressed um, with was on the last drive. Uh, the thing that I've been struggling with with um, JT, Jordan Travis, is 
as we talked about, him finding ways to manufacture throws when he has to sit in the pocket and go through progressions and those types of things and mm -hmm. what have you. On that last drive, it was a good mix of run and pass. But I was most impressed when he was standing in the pocket. He hit, uh, I think it was Robinson on a crossing route or Young on a crossing route to get a first down. Uh, well, he stood in the pocket because they corralled him, and he was trying to he was trying to find a way to get out, but he stood there and made, delivered the throw. And then the pass to Parchman on the sideline uh, where he had to navigate his way through the pocket, and he was starting to run, got his eyes up, and then threw it to Parchman on the sideline to get a first down as well. And then the lad, the big one was, of course, was a, the whatever it was, third and fourteen or second and fourteen, uh, where he hit Parchment on the end end route. And um, I'm still trying to figure out like why he left the ball on the one yard, like one inch line. <laughs> I mean, mo most times at that point, you take the contact, and you still have the football, you got to at least try to stretch that ball across the goal if it's this close. <laughs> I mean, he left. He left it on the inch line. Yeah. And I'm like, why do you leave it on the inch line? I mean, that's <laughs> the time where you try to give that second effort. If you got the ball, you took the contact and you got the ball, you got to try to put that ball across the, um, which I understand the whole deal. But it was just interesting to see how they were able to come back. And, of course, people are, I mean, Miami won three in a row. And people are killing Coach Diaz. For some of the some of the um, decisions that were made, of course, that always happens in right. balls. Uh, but the, I mean, the man won three games in a row, and it was a good game. I mean, they were down. They were they, they were down early in the first half. I think it was twenty to seven or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was like it was like they made a great comeback which that's the way they've been playing all year. The games have been close and took the lead. Uh, but they were talking about he didn't manage the clock well. You know, I guess. Uh, was, I mean. I, I'm going to give our man who left the ball on the one inch line. I'm going to I'm gonna say it was strategic because he don't want to leave too much time on the clock. So he knew he had to run more plays to score. He was he was thinking right there, Charlie. He was thinking. thinking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um how to play defense. Let's go with that. Um he was thinking, Charlie. <laughs> they did they were able to run some more time off the clock, that is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I I as far as leaving too much time on the on the on the field for Miami, I don't know. 28 to 20. I don't know. That's hard to say. You're just playing the game, man. You're just you're trying to get what you can get in the moment you can get them. And, you know, this ain't the NFL. You know what I mean? You don't expect somebody to be so great to pull off the comeback or whatever. It, it, it happens, but it doesn't happen each week. So I, I, I'm going to stall him out on that. I think Coach Diaz is doing about as well as a job with what he has that he can do. I mean, it, it, with all due respect to my, here, here's the reality. Whether Miami fans want to hear this or not, it's the reality. You're not 2000 Miami. You're just not. You're not defensively. You're not offensively. You are what you are right now. And so to have those expectations of, of the team and the coach right now 
is unrealistic. You're a rebuilding school. And, and you're going to do a rebuilding school for the probably next two or three years unless you knee-jerk and, and get at, rid of Coach Diaz. Then you're going to take about six or seven steps back. Yeah. So, right. And you got to pay Coach Diaz on top of that. And you got to pay Coach Diaz in the, the guy, he, Aren't they still paying Rick, too? Or did he st- – because he stepped down, they didn't have to pay him. Oh, man, I don't know. They probably yeah, – I don't know. I mean, they probably play, paying Coach before Coach Rick. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's what happens when you keep knee-jerking living in the past. When you got alumni or boosters who are saying, oh, man, we got to get back to our glory days. You, you Maybe you do, but firing a coach every two years ain't going to get you there. <laughs> so no. just relax, be comfortable with the guy you got, and get him some help and get some players. Well, they, they have some players. I mean, they have – you know, they've gotten some good talent. Um, I mean, when I watch the game – that's not the issue. The issue is not them lacking talent. And that's the thing that bothers me a lot when I hear people on uh, on these, you know, Instagram and they, they talk about Florida State. They talk about we don't have talent. I'm like, what are y'all watching? Like, Well, they, well, they, 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 they want another Charlie Ward. They want another Dion. They want another uh, – uh, Peter Bow, where they want another, you know, that's what they want, and and I don't think people understand that these are not, these don't come every year. These are generational talents. That they listen. If there was another Charlie Ward, don't you think somebody would go get him? <laughs> like they they would have already gotten that dude or tried to get him. It's not easy to go get a Charlie Ward. It's not easy to go get a Lamar Jackson. It's not easy to go get a Trevor Lawrence. It doesn't work that way. Well, I think I think part of it too is I mean you look at a Lamar Jackson. I mean he's from Miami. Goes to Louisville. Same yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. He's from Miami. He ends up. In why Louisville. didn't you? Why wasn't you able to keep him? Yeah. Right. That's a good point. I think that's part of the, the frustration. It's not so much. It's it's just as much they're not winning. But then you're looking at all these guys all over the country, you know, <laughs> becoming big time players who were from yeah. the state of Florida. And so I'm thinking that's probably, probably part of the frustration too, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Some of those guys, um, I don't know about Teddy. Teddy was right there in Miami. It was probably best for them to leave Miami. It was, yeah. No, yeah. it was. I but Teddy picked Louisville over Miami. I mean, it, was, it came down to those two. Uh, those right. Guys, and it's probably best for those guys to get out of Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's a great point. That's a great point as well. So for the area they 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 come from, it's probably best for them to kind of move on and and go back. But but it was a very good game. Uh, yeah. So I know Miami early on they were they really hurt themselves. They on defense they were jumping on sides. Uh, on offense. Uh, they turned the ball over three times in the first half, mm-hmm. um, and so of course they weren't. I mean, they Florida State caused them, you know, caused the turnovers. It wasn't like they just willy nilly made it happen. They caused them. So I just thought, you know, it was well played in the sense that it was competitive. Was you know what I mean? It wasn't like yeah. it, it looked like it might have gotten away, but. You know, I, I I started thinking about the game when we played them down there in '93. We were up twenty-one to seven at halftime, very similar to where it was there. 
But the difference was we didn't score. We didn't score the second half offensively. But what we didn't do was we didn't turn the football over. Mm. So put drives together. We kept putting drives together, but we didn't score. And we and our defense didn't allow them to score itself for three points their second half. And so I think the biggest turning turning point to the momentum was when we fumbled on the handoff uh, with Jordan Travis and Trayshawn Corbin um, on that handoff. That's when the momentum started to change because if we, if we just keep driving the football and putting points up, even if it's a field goal, at some point, they don't have, from a time perspective, they don't have, you know, enough time to keep driving the football. Great point. Or, yeah. you know, those types of things. So it was just – I thought it was a, a great FSU-UM football. Yeah. Uh, well, the week left us with some, with a 5-3 and three Charlie Ward, a 5-3 and three Kendrick Haskins, and a 6-2. and two. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, you gained the game. Look I at gained you. the game. I'm picking. I'm. I'm. I'm making progress, guys. It's the you season's only have not over. The season's not over. I got time. <laughs> What's the overalls? Put the overalls up there. Okay, so I got not as much time as I like. <laughs> All right, I'm four games back of the lead. That's okay. I have time. So we'll start with this week's games. Um. Our uh, Believe in the ACC Games of the Week. Uh, let's start with Louisville and Duke, the Thursday night game. They got the stage all to themselves. Does Duke have a chance to put up more than 20 points? Mm, with the way Louisville's defense looked last week, I would say no. Now, Plus, Louisville needs that win to become bowl eligible. So, I'm, I mean, I think they're going to come in ready to go. So, they will not put up twenty more than 20 points. I would, I, you know, I wouldn't say talking about the win. We are, I know we're all going Louisville here. That's not an issue. Right. But, but, but I just wanted to see if, if somehow Duke could make it even look like a game. I'm trying, I'm looking through Louisville's schedule. They've only given up 20 points. Let's see, one, two. Well, they've given them up a lot, but <laughs> it's, it's, been a, it's been a while. Their defense ain't like that now. I was say, no. that, count, that count changed real they, quick. They, I mean, they even gave up 30 to Clemson. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, with, with or without Sam Howe, can North Carolina take care of Wofford? They better. Yeah. <laughs> if, they, if they can't. Then what is their overall record? Are they are they are they bowl eligible now, right? I believe so. I have not. Let me look, let me check their schedule or their record six. real quick here. I think they're six wins. Uh, they're five. Oh, they're five and five. Well, they'll get bowl eligible this week. They should get bowl eligible this week. Okay. All right. Wake Forest and Clemson. This is a tough one for me. At Clemson. The tough one for me. I'm going to pick Wake Forest just because, I mean, I know Clemson's got a good defense, but and Wake Forest's defense isn't that great, but I think Wake Forest can outscore them. Okay. 
Well, I need to catch up. So I'm going. You really getting behind home, me? <laughs> I'm going with the home team. No, he's two games behind. I'm two games. Oh. Yeah, he's two games I behind. To, I need to see Clemson come through at home in Death Valley. Because to me, it really doesn't matter who's playing in that ACC championship or not. I'm trying to win to believe in the ACC <laughs> <laughs> championship. So gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I, I, the competitive fire in Charlotte. There you go, there you go. I gotta go wait for it. I need to make up some games too, but I don't think that's gonna be one of the ones I'm gonna make up. Um Woo, John said by 17. Uh, Ron says yeah. three. I'm getting the victory. Okay. I'd lean towards more towards Ron's prediction. Yeah, I don't know about that 17, but but, but, but. <laughs> uh, this is where I'm gonna make up my game right here. Georgia Tech and Notre Dame. How are you gonna make up your game? Everybody's gonna pick Notre Dame. Are they though? Or yes. Who who's not picking Notre Dame? Go ahead, go ahead, so you can fall for the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to <laughs> I gotta make up okay. I gotta go against the grain somewhere. Is it Virginia is. Tech Miami? Okay, maybe this is where I make up my game. I'm going Miami. I just saw him play and, okay. and uh the Van Dyke kid is is uh, pretty good. Um, I don't know what Virginia Tech. I know they scored forty-eight points last week, right? Going on the road, <laughs> and and you never know what you're gonna get from Virginia Tech on the road. Yeah. Plus, they played well last week, so we. I don't know if you can expect them to play well <laughs> two weeks in a row. So I'm going with Miami. <laughs> you going Miami? And this is where I make up my points right here. I'm going Virginia Tech. Okay. Okay. Where I started to close the gap. Mm -hmm. All right, Virginia and Pitt. Who you got? I'm gonna have to go Pitt just because we don't know the status of Virginia quarterback. I think you're right. I, I, if if Brennan was playing, I would be very tempted to go Virginia on this one. But since he's not, then you know, kind of stuck. I'm kind of stuck. Charlie, who are you going with? I got Pitt. You got Pitt? Okay. Uh, even though a lot of Miami love. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> a lot of Miami love right there. Um, quarterback has to run from the sideline to, uh, to the huddle. That's my fault. That's my fault. I brought it back up. That's my fault. I've started. I've come to like that almost as much. Okay, more. but Charlie, with all of that being said, they're about to play for the ACC championship. I understand that, but still, <laughs> it's, still it's still bad. Deserve racket, Charlie. I understand. Yeah, it's a bad system. I understand. It's it's. What about Syracuse, NC State? After Syracuse just got beat down on the road by forty, <laughs> it is. They just lost the close game on the road. I'm going with NC State. Okay. Plus, NC State is still mathematically in the in the running. Technically, they're still in. Yes. So, so yeah, I'm going. The NC State will take care of business. And again, this is where I make up some change, because I do not believe 
Coach Dino Babers is going to let this team play like that two weeks in a row. Give me the Syracuse Orange in a shocker to end NC State's hopes and dreams of even sniffing an ACC championship game. Making it easy for us, Charlie. Am I? Am I? I was the only one to pick Boston College last week. I was the only one to pick Boston College last week. Just let everybody know. Finally, Florida State in Boston College. Well, we already know where Charlie's going. Yes. <laughs> I'm with Charlie. And again, this is where I make up my points. I'm going to ride the hot hand. I love you, Charlie. I'm proud of Coach Norvell. Who's the hot hand? <laughs> Boston College is the hot hand. They just won. So did Florida State. No. <laughs> Don't mess up my theory for me, fellas. <laughs> They're both hot. I'm going Boston. See, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. There's some Boston College love out there. Ooh, you guys are, are losing. I'm trying to win this Believe in the ACC thing we're doing here. So I got to make a point somewhere. Okay. So I got three. Let me, let me do another check or something. I'm either going to make up three games or or I'm gonna, or I'm it's over. <laughs> so Boston College I, I am Wake Forest this week. What would you say? Boston College scored 14 points against Louisville. That was Louisville, okay? This is uh, Florida State. It's a different team. <laughs> what do you mean this is Florida State? <laughs> I, think, I think you know what I mean, Charlie. Well, Florida, Louisville barely beat Florida State. I know, I know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk myself into this. I'm trying to talk myself into this. I, the quarterback coming back gives Boston College a, that gives them a chance. That's all I'm saying. I, I gotta, I gotta pick the games that I think I can make up the difference. Boston College, just like Syracuse. next week is gonna be me and you, Charlie. <laughs> This is a strong possibility. Boston College, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech are those games. So I'm 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 trying to ride um uh Chad said Seminoles in his Charlie Ward voice. <laughs> Seminoles. Seminoles. Uh okay. Uh real quick before we take off for the day, anybody got any early thoughts on the basketball season so far? Uh Louisville tonight, uh pretty much handling business against Navy, which is shocking because Navy just beat uh, Virginia. Uh, and then they come back around and they're struggling against Louisville tonight. So uh, styles make fights, I guess. That's that's what we're learning. Um, yes, Louisville's fight, Louisville style is not conducive to um, – Well, because you know. Navy kind of likes to slow the ball down too like Virginia does. And so right. you got two slow the ball teams like that. I mean, Virginia. If you're Virginia, I mean, you lead yourself for upset. Whereas right. Louisville's got the depth and and they can run. I mean, I, yeah, they lost to Furman last Friday, but I mean, I said, like I said in the pre-show, Furman's an experienced team that's probably going to be a tournament team. So that's not as big of an upset as people were making it out to be. Yeah, that so, wins. That loss is going to look really good as the season goes on. Right. So. And Louisville's going to be fine. They're learning a new system. You, you still see a lot of mistakes. But I don't know if you've heard me talk about it before. I've been, I'm a big fan of Matt Cross, the uh, Miami transfer, because I thought he was just a shooter. But yeah. that guy's tough. He's a tough yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tough one last night for Florida State, Charlie. 
with Florida. What any thoughts on that one? I mean, uh, you know, Florida. Uh, from what I read from Coach Ham, you know they they just outworked them. I mean, they played at home. I'm sure the crowd was in it. But we're playing with a lot of uh, young guys. And when you're playing with young guys, I mean, I've seen them play. And some of the things you can do at home, you can get away with. Mm -hmm. um, but when you go on the road, if you play that same way, uh, you may not be able to get away with it. And yeah. so they're still learning, uh, you know, learning the system and, and those types of things. And it didn't help that they would turn the basketball over. Uh, that plays a big part. And when they go on, when FSU goes on droughts, um, from an offensive standpoint, they turn the ball over and they can't make shots. That's not a good recipe. You're putting a lot of stress on your defense uh, to, you know, make up for that. And if you have a team that's like a Florida that can execute and do what they need to do from an offensive standpoint and they're getting turnovers, you know, it'll be a tough game. But they hung in there. I mean, they were, they were winning, I think, at halftime in the second half. They kind of fell apart or got they had like a 13-0 run or something uh to extend the game and they weren't able to you know make their way back. So yeah, you know, our coach Ham, I'm sure he and the staff using this this time here to develop their chemistry, teach, you know, the young players, you know, what it's gonna to take to be successful before they start jumping into some of these uh for the you know ACC and uh, then they get ready to play uh i know they have a game on wednesday um and then they'll probably start playing in some of these tournaments um like thanksgiving and you know big 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 uh big not biggies but big 10 acc big 10 ACC challenge yeah kind of challenge so it'll be interesting to see how they how they figure it out and find a way to you know navigate through this early part of the year uh which is something that you know, I, I don't think they're sweating because I've been watching the ACC basketball and I'm not sure which team, you know, is like world beaters this year. Cause I, I will agree 100% to that, Charlie, because, I mean, we almost Saturday night watched Duke go down to Campbell. Uh, I mean, that was, that was not – a gimme game in anybody's stretch of the imagination. Right. Uh, they Duke had to kind of tighten up it at the end there and to pull that one out. So, but see that 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 goes back to my point again. When you have young players playing the game, they don't they know certain things, even though they've been playing, you know, high level AU and high school, whatever the case may be. But they're coming in to a college system, a college yeah. game. There's still a learning curve. Yeah. You know, and they can only learn so fast. Sometimes the learning comes through experience. And so when you're depending on those guys to be your main guys, you're going to have some ebbs and flows and just intensity, understanding what it's going to take to be successful each and every night. You know, North Carolina's you know, one of the most veteran, one of the veteran groups, but they have a new coach. Right. You know, they're trying to implement some new things as well. So, you know. Well, they, yeah, they changed the whole system. Right, right. 
Yeah, they got a whole different system. So I, I agree with you, Charlie. I agree 100%. I, I think we're going. it's going to take a while to figure out who is the it team. It could be Clemson. I mean, they're 2-0. It could be Boston College. I doubt it. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, I mean, to, to Charlie's point about, you know, mm-hmm. depending on freshmen and, you know, you never know what you're going to get. I mean, Trevor Keels looked like he was going to be one of the best players in the country against Kentucky. Then he scores six points. The other oh, day. He had like six points, right? Yeah. 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 That's really uh, yeah. I think Ben Carroll might be the real deal, but yeah. how, how, how long can you stretch that out once people know he's the real deal? Like, are teams just going to let this one guy beat them? Well, no, you're going to figure out ways to stop him. So it's, it's, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think of the ACC yet. Um, obviously it's still early. Nobody's played more than four games. So, um, I don't know if anybody's played four games yet, to be honest with you, but, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds this year. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with what John's saying that, that, um, that, uh, uh, FSU shouldn't be ranked. Cause I think it's just too early. I, I just think it's too early to, to call it on anybody. I'm asking John why. Well, I mean, we're no different than the guys is guys is uh that that's ranked right. I mean, that's ranked higher. I mean, I'm sure there's some one and one teams out there. Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Also, <laughs> yes. I'm so uh, it's like at this point, like who who knows where people should be ranked anyway. Yeah, like, I don't know. Way too early saying who should and shouldn't be ranked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I agree one hundred percent. I agree one hundred percent. Um, I disagree with you. Oh, what he said below average team. Oh, Florida is a below average team. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know about that. Florida I don't know about that SEC one. team, huh? I say Florida is SEC team. I think SEC is gonna be wildly tough this year, yeah. a, a lot tougher than it normally is in basketball. Uh, yeah. Arkansas is gonna be good, Tennessee is gonna be good. Uh, you know, Kentucky's going to be decent. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting basketball being played in the SEC this year. Yeah, so I, Kentucky's going to be good. Tennessee will be there. Yeah. Arkansas, Alabama. Yeah. SEC's going to be tough again. Yeah, Alabama's. Alabama's going to be solid. Yeah, I I, I, I I disagree with that. But we shall see. We shall see. Anybody got any shout-outs as we walk out the door into another great week of SEC sports? Or ACC sports, rather. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know why I said SEC sports. It leaves us talking about Florida. Right, right. Well, hopefully I'm shouting out to the Lady Seminole soccer. I think they won the other night. So hopefully they win again um, in this playoffs. They're in the semifinals, right? Uh, no, no. I don't know if they're that far yet. Is, I thought this was the semifinals. I could be wrong. I could be absolutely wrong. Well, I hope they're still playing. But, um, of course, shout out to my Seminoles <laughs> for winning the game last week. And as we prepare for Boston College, I'm proud of them. And also, we start our basketball season on Thursday. We meaning your team. Yes. Oh. So I'm looking forward to seeing our guys. I know we're all excited about 
the new season and we have some new players that will get an opportunity to be able to showcase their talents this year yeah. with the departure of some of our seniors and also a junior who decided to go and play in the overtime league. Oh, wow. But we're, um, we're, we're playing um, my alma mater, high school alma mater, Thomas County Central first, and then we're playing a team from Geneva, Ohio, Spire Academy. Well, LaMelo Ball went to prep. He went to prep school, but it's their high school team. Wow. Wow. Uh, I, John, we're going to answer that question in just a minute, but I'm going to get the shout outs first. Go ahead, uh, Kendrick. I got two shout outs. First, shout out to the number one team in the country in volleyball, University of Louisville women's volleyball team. They are number my one. Shout out. That was my shout out. Yeah. And then my other shout out is just to, to the way that uh, UofL. Uh, retired Lamar Jackson's jersey. It was a great ceremony. Very classy. There's very. I mean, I don't know what they showed on television, but I mean, they had. I mean, they had the, the uh, game college game day guys give him a shout out. Uh, yeah. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, um, uh, Michael Vick, and a lot a slew of former players. Harry Douglas and a lot of former players gave him shout outs. And and Lamar was as was Lamar as usual. He was great. He try to shake every fan's hand that he could. He was shaking our hands and he was he was said he, he almost got emotional during the ceremony, but he couldn't show it. So shout out to him because Lamar is one of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet. Hey Kendrick. Yeah. Uh did you get an opportunity to ask him what kind of jacket was he wearing? He was Gucci. He was Gucci from head to toe. He was Gucci. You could tell that was Gucci? Man, I don't know no fashion. <laughs> I just, yeah, he was, he was Gucci head to toe. Was Gucci like, head to toe, baby. All he right. gave, he, look, he gave you uh, uh, New Jersey Drive and you giving us Shab. It's two different generations. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was giving you that that special. That, you know. um, and shout out to my, my, my guy, Mike McGee's getting picked up the win for Louisville tonight. Nice, very nice, very nice. Um, well, for me, uh, I was going to uh, tag in with with uh, Kendrick and give a massive shout out to Louisville, who is a uh, little volleyball team who is doing their thing, man. And shout out to the ACC as a whole with two teams in the top five: Louisville at number one, Pitt at number three. Well deserved, by the way. And when they meet, is it this week or next week? It's coming up here. It's soon. coming up soon. Yeah, so when it well their next meeting, which will be at Pitt, uh, it'll look like it'll be a top three uh, and possibly top two game once again, which means they probably play each other and either they'll flip flop or stay the same because you don't really get punished for losing the game against the best team in the nation or the best two teams in the nation. So uh, a very interesting run being had in ACC volleyball right now. So let me interested to see how it all unfolds. And yes, I was thrilled to see Lamar uh, get his just dues. Only the second player in U of L history, right, to have his number retired. That is saying a lot. That is saying quite a bit. I'm, I was actually surprised to hear that uh, amazing reality, but I get it. Him and, just him and Johnny Unitas. 
talk talk about high standards. Goodness gracious. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I will close out on that question. I think that's an interesting question. That we we typically from time to time we'll have a non-ACC question. We'll let this be our non-ACC question. There's been a lot of interesting firings over the last 48 hours. I was shocked to see the Washington firing. I'm like, why not let him finish? What's the big deal? Like, I don't understand. But you can't, but, have, a, you can't have a coach beating up the players. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you something else, too. The LSU firing or LSU job will be interesting because I'm starting to wonder about the Texas job. And I know that sounds crazy. I mean, Ogeron go to Texas. Well, I know it sounds crazy to think that Sarkeesian could be fired after one year. But doesn't sound crazy at all. So what if what if Ed Ogeron, if Steve Sarkeesian brings Ed Ogeron to be his defensive coordinator? That would stop a lot of the bleeding. I don't think Ogeron's gonna take a coordinator position though. That would stop a lot of the bleeding. He would if they he would if the alumni would say to you, if he doesn't get his act together, we'll give you the job. Mm. Stranger things have happened. True. That's how he got the LSU job. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know so, though. I I I I don't see him being a coordinator. I'll say this. That Texas loss was a finish. bad loss. Yeah, that's how he got the LSU job, but guess what he's done since then? Won a national championship. He's not going to be a coordinator. I, I wouldn't, I because I, I don't have to be. Right. I don't have to be. I wouldn't. He's not going to be nobody's coordinator. Yeah. I, I'll tell you this. That Texas loss was a bad loss. And 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 I – listen. I guess I live, in this, I live in this state. I know I know how this game is played. Um, me, phone calls are being made. So I'm gonna ask you this question. Yes, sir. What was the final score of that game? Yes. Uh, was it? Oh, you would ask me that, Charlie. It's, it, it was. It's a one point game. It was a one point game. Yeah, it was a one point game. So let's just say, what is the difference? Even though the way they lost, what is the difference? Between, I know where you're going with this. Yes, you probably do. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> So what is the difference if they decided from the 50-yard line they throw a Hail Mary, Hail Mary to beat you in the end zone, I mean, to win the game by one point, or the way that they lost the game and you lose by one point? What is the difference? The difference is that you were in that situation with Kansas to begin with. <laughs> yeah, well, that and the difference is, is that you would have stopped a five-game losing streak. The, the the reason why it's going to be a problem is because Kansas makes a five-game losing streak, and you started the season ranked in the top twenty-five. Now, Kansas, I mean, it's the same Kansas team that. Gave Oklahoma problems. I agree. Listen, you, you get no disagreements from me. So I also the same Kansas team that hadn't won a road conference game in like five years. <laughs> I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah, I, I know where you're coming from. I know. Listen, I get it too. The, the challenge, Charlie, is this: 
You started the season as Texas saying we are better than the Big 12. We're going to take our talents to the SEC. You cannot go into the SEC playing like this. You just can't. And, 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 and I hate to say it, but I get the sense and the feeling that Sarkeesian is on a very, very, very short leash. There are too many factors surrounding him that says, sir, you're not our guy. I hate to say it, but I just, that's just. Well, it, I, I'm just, I'm just going, I totally disagree. I know you, I listen, I disagree too. I disagree too. Cause you're saying the guy that came out of Nick Saban's. Well, let's not even go that far. Well, that's a part of it though, Charlie. I think. And that, but let's yeah. just get to this point here. How many games they have? How many games have they played or how many games? Were games they played 10 games? Yes, 10 games. Yeah, so they're like four and six? Four and six, yes, sir. And so I, it's hard for me to, to fathom that they just fired a guy and that you would go and fire another guy within the same – within the next year. I'm not saying they can't do it because, as I've said before, Anything that happens is not a shock. Right, right, right. It's possible. But for me, that would be bad business, just business alone, that you didn't give – that a guy that you brought in, and it's not like they're losing bad. I mean, if they can get the defense to play just half as good, I mean, just just play half better than what they're playing currently. Just I, I, Iowa State was bad. They can they there's a few games that's going. Arkansas be, was bad. There's a few games that's going to be in there. The, but, well, well, but 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 again, Oklahoma that matters. Like they listen. Arkansas was bad. Iowa State was bad. OU was really bad. Because you were winning that one. Like with these teams, and yeah. you know it, Charlie. With you, when you. You get beat like this, and you lose to every one of your rivals, and then you put on, then you tack on. You lost to Kansas at home when you were. You let Kansas score fifty-seven on. Yeah, man, that's. that's, that's, Charlie, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I I just I just don't understand that business at all. I mean, I I said I I said it. I wouldn't be shocked. Right. That is just bad business in general. Because you you really haven't given the guy an opportunity to figure and fix anything outside of what he brought in, and so we inherited it, right? I mean, and like, def- but that's what that's what Texas does. I mean, we 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 talked about it earlier in the show, but you know, you don't build any stability. That's why we're talking about Miami should keep Manny's because you got to have some kind of stability. Tech, that's why Texas is in the situation they're in now. They Charlie Strong. I was going. To, I was just going to say, Charlie Strong didn't even get a chance to unpack good, and he was gone in three years. Well, we we well the Charlie Strong deal. First of all, he shouldn't have left. He shouldn't have left. That was, that's a great point. Yeah, he he wasn't going to get the support he needed. Very similar to Willie Coach Tag. Uh, they weren't going to get support that they needed um, from. The alumni from the, the the people that they needed to to get he needed to get the support and so he was in a losing 
Buffalo in a, in a losing situation from the jump. Yeah. Um, just, just to be honest. And so that's why I say sometimes it's not best to go it because of money uh, and, and prestige. He should have stayed at Louisville and tried to help build that to where it can be, you know, sustainable and because that's what he was doing. I mean, he was starting to get the program to a point where it was competitive and uh, doing great he things. He won a Sugar Bowl. Beat that's what I'm saying. They, they were doing great. They, he was doing great. And he just – Leaving I don't know. thinking that you're going to be different than – and I'm just a big believer that if you're in a place where you're doing well and people are supporting you, and I understand and get it about the, the financial part. I mean, he's enjoying life now financially, and he's doing whatever he's doing, uh, I think, in the pros. He's with um, Jacksonville. He's back there. Yeah. Right. So, that may not last so, much longer either. So It all worked out for him, but I just think sometimes if you're in a situation where you can build something to a certain level and bring it up. Yeah, yeah that was part of – Charlie, not to drag on, but that's part. That was part of Charlie's problem here, because I will never forget he got upset because during their spring practice we wasn't covering their practices that much. Meanwhile, U of L and UK are playing in the Final Four. Right. Who do you think is going to be in town? <laughs> yeah, this is, bro. You know, you came to a basketball school. It's what it is. So. You've got the two who ended up being the 2012 champion playing who ended up being the 2013 champion in the final four, the biggest rivalry in the country. And who do you think is going to be in town? And so that was that was that little stuff. So he was he was going to leave Louisville. I mean, yeah, Texas, Texas came on. But like if another prestigious program came on, he was leaving because he wanted to be somewhere where football was number one. And football is never going to be number one around here. Well, I got news for you. Texas football ain't number one here anymore. <laughs> That's over. It's over. It's not but number they, one here anymore. Went, it won't take much for them to be number one again. I don't know. Basketball, what is number one in Texas? I, listen to, guys, listen to me. It will take that. They have not been able to recruit, and the reputation that they have now. But if they get rid of that stupid song, that would help. That would help. That would help tremendously, but – there's a there's a narrative that has been built over the last seven or eight years now that's not good. And and Texas can act like it doesn't exist and oh no, we're still no no no. These kids are talking, and if you go online and watch and look and read and open your eyes, you'll see this is real. This is happening. Texas is not people don't these kids don't know who Vince Young is. So that don't mean anything to them. So to, to, to John's point, the Texas and the LSU to me are tied together. So what happens, what they decide to do, because I can see Sarkeesian, while Texas saying we, we, we don't want him, I can see LSU saying Psh, we'll take him. So it's going to be interesting. And I, now I think Lane Kiffin would be a fool to leave Ole Miss, where he is. I mean, he got them competing. Right. So why leave? You just like you said, Charlie. You got it right where you want, and you're in a situation where you can compete for a national championship right. from right where you are. You don't have to go to a bigger school. 
And I think I hope that he has finally learned that lesson because he's one of those dudes that chased that for a little while and it never worked out for him. So yeah. now you're finally in a situation where you're getting everything you need. So just sit tight, man, and build what you got. You know, that's that's just my whole philosophy in general. If you're in a situation where you can build something and you have things going in the right direction, man, it to think that you're going to go over and try to build something because they may have more resources and better facilities and all that kind of stuff. Now, to his point, Charlie, Mark Stoops, I can make a case for him going. Going to LSU? I can make a case for him going because I don't – I don't. while I don't Kentucky has done a ton, him. huh? I don't know about LSU wanting him, though. Yeah, I don't know about him. They want him. But but if they offered him the opportunity, I can, I can see, make a case for him going because I think while Kentucky has done – more for him than I think in my lifetime they've done for any football coach. Um, I think it's still always going to play second fiddle, third fiddle, fourth fiddle. I don't even know. They may be third behind uh, track and field. Like, I think it's Kentucky men, Kentucky women's, then track and field. No, no, no. I'm just saying. No, it's Kentucky men and then Kentucky football. Okay. All right. I'm here with these fans. I know this. It, I mean, this is a fan base that was excited about beating LSU as if LSU was good this year. Right. This is the fan base that was talking about we're going to Atlanta this year when they to barely beat Chattanooga, barely beat Missouri. <laughs> well, they, the I mean, they still go to Atlanta. Under, the two best wins on their schedule, both teams are firing their coach. And they so, can still yeah. go to Atlanta. Uh, Kendrick, you, I mean, there are charter buses always. I mean, there's always. But, tell, but when you have a fan base that got a fan base that's not known for being supportive of football, they got that excited about this season. I mean, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, there's, 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 they're, they're definitely second behind basketball. They always okay. be second behind basketball. Yeah, now they're, you're right, and that's second the other part. They're always going to be second. So, uh, but I don't think Mark Stoops going to be off with that job. I think it's. I think Lane Kiffin is at the top of that list. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I think Lane might be at the top of some NFL list this year uh, for what he's doing now. Um, so we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. But I, you guys got any predictions on the LSU job? No, not right now. Okay. I need to see see how the season ends. Dive in a little bit, yeah. Sweet. Well, since we don't have any predictions, John, that's it. We're going to end there. <laughs> go Brady. Go, go, Tom Brady. Joe Brady. Oh, Joe Brady for LSU. Isn't that the guy who's a offensive coordinator? Just so you saying promoting promote from within again? Oh, he's the offensive coordinator now in the pros. Uh, for oh, that joke. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, can see that. I can see that. Definitely see that. I can see that. Yeah, have him bring bring him because he was there, right? He was there for. He was um, the they it. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be very interesting. I'd be very curious to know what Arch Manning's reaction would be to that. But he's not thinking about LSU, though. He's not because Ed Ogeron's there, and they don't have a head coach. But a Joe Brady would be a great get. 
Well, I mean, I wonder if he'd open up. I wonder if he'd open up his recruiting a little bit more if they got a viable head coach. Because the Mannings love Louisiana. By the time they figure out who their head coach is going to be, Arch Manning probably going to already know who, where he's going. All right. That would be a late, late for like a top player to try to flip. But he has some very good options already. He's got some good options. He's what year is what grade is he in? He's a junior, right? Is he a junior? I think so. If he's a junior, then he's got time. Yeah, he's got time. He's got a little time, so trying to get him flipped. But I mean, they're trying to get him signed signed now. Well, everybody is giving they put the full court press on him, that's for sure. Um gonna be interesting to see how that all unfolds and both on all those schools. Um as we walk out the door, I'll just give everybody who stuck with us. Thank you for sticking with us as long as you did. Um, just give you – because you stuck with us, I'll give you an update on Monday Night Football. The 49ers are up 24-7 to 7 on the Rams. So go go Odell Beckham. Um, that was shade. That was shade. That was giant shade. I apologize. Yeah. But, not, but not really, though. I don't actually apologize. So <laughs> uh, if you all done, if, if all as, as they say in church, if all minds are clear, we will get a benediction by saying we love you guys. We appreciate you. We'll be back next week. That's Charlie Ward. That's Kendrick Haskins. Only one of us has a Heisman Trophy and a national championship. Uh, but we do have two Hall of Famers and one on the way. So there you go. <laughs> y'all have a good weekend. You've been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward, Lloyd Spence, and Kendrick Haskins. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share from the Noisemakers page on Facebook and on YouTube. And you can also listen to us on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and wherever podcasts can be heard. And join us next. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.